0: Professor and epidemiologist Michael Baker joins us on the line again. Hello, Professor. Thank you again for your time. Yeah, kia Gosh, I was just thinking about you this morning. You are everywhere.
1: What do you do for the rest of the day if you're not doing interviews? Are you getting any normal work done? <laughs> yes, well, it is... Um... Uh, COVID is getting in the way of my normal work, definitely. But it's become my normal work over the last eighteen months.
0: Has it? Yeah, gosh, gosh, amazing what you're doing. Well, can I say you do a wonderful job? We're very grateful for your for your you know your wealth of experience. Can we just what what's your pick today in an hour or so, uh, Professor? Where do you think the alert levels will hit, or will they stay the same?
1: Look, they're going to have to stay the same. I think um, there are pretty strong signals from government about that, and I think most observers say that's essential. And really, we're only talking about, um, I mean, Auckland's already and the climate, already um, in it for a week, of course. Yeah. So we're really talking about the rest of the country. And we know that three days is just not enough to understand the uh, spread of the virus and where we're at. So we've got a lot of useful information already about when the outbreak began. And that's suggested it has less time to spread than we had thought. But it is infecting lots of young people and they... Go to these big social events, and that has almost certainly resulted in um, a lot of people being infected. And of course, um, we're seeing, as we heard this morning, uh, transmission of of some of these cases to, um, or cases that have moved to Wellington who were exposed Mm. in Auckland. Mm.
0: What of the concept? of separating out the islands in time. I was just sort of having a chat with folks about this and James uh, earlier on, and one of your colleagues, Professor Nick Wilson, said, you know, it could be done if we sent some resource from the South Island to the north, maybe even some man and woman power to help with testing and things. Is that doable or not?
1: Yeah, um, that's a great question about the extent of doing these more focused lockdowns that are sort of geographically limited. And it's a great concept that I think a lot of us have supported in the past, but just the pre- practical reality of doing it is very difficult. Mm. And we saw that with the Auckland August outbreak last year, um, and I think it was very well intended to focus on Auckland. But people, of course, cross um, the borders um, out of Auckland for all sorts of reasons. It's very hard to manage. Uh, and I think the only way this can probably be geographically targeted is between the North Island and the South Island. Um, just from a practical point of view.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. So that was my question. Do you think that that is possible then, potentially?
1: Yeah, I think because you you've obviously got very good control of the um, land borders because there aren't So it's just obviously the Cook Island theory and uh, the uh, any air travel. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, speaking of air travel, a lot of people have been coming out of Auckland back to their homes, and they've got until midnight tonight, um, and. As we understand it, no one one was tested. Does that make sense? They could be carrying it back to their hometowns.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the um, aspects that's that's quite leaky with the lockdown. I mean, uh, it it was, I think, why government has just decided that they would have a uniform um, alert level 4 response across the whole country um, and do it very rapidly um, and not try and put too many geographic um, limitations around it. I think that's perhaps the, the thinking.
0: Mm. Okay. And, uh, Professor, really keen to get your thoughts on this. I haven't heard you speak about this or I haven't seen any writings from you with this. Lockdowns in and of themselves now, you know, in this country, we're saying, look, with Delta, it's different. It's not going to work the same as it did with the previous strains, and maybe that's what we're seeing in Melbourne. What's your kind of thinking around Delta vaccinations and lockdowns in the future. Is it—is this what we can expect for the future or is there another way when we get more vaccinations?
1: Well, I think New Zealand does have these uh, geographic advantages. Uh, we can manage our borders effectively. Uh, we do good uh, contact tracing here, testing, contact tracing. Uh, but what the Delta variant tells us, it's got two problems. Uh, because it creates a, a much bigger viral load in the upper airways, Firstly, that makes it much more infectious. And so the typical case, instead of infecting two to three others, is now five to six. But also the incubation period has got shorter. So you're infectious earlier on, maybe only after one to two days instead of three or four days. So that makes contact tracing much harder to get ahead of uh, the um, outbreak. So um, unfortunately, that does mean that um, lockdowns um, are needed more quickly than before, mm. we might have hesitated and said, look, we'll try and manage it with, with contact tracing. That worked well last year. I mean, we had quite a few border failures. Admittedly, they were generally generally small and they were mainly managed with contact tracing. But with the Delta variant, it, it looks like it's very difficult to do that. So this may be the, what we'll need to do in the future if we can't uh, keep the virus out. And that really means paying huge attention to our MiQ system,
0: right? Okay, so that's sobering. And look, on that, you mentioned the viral loading. I read a story the other day from uh, I, I think he was a professor as well, suggesting that even people that are double vaccinated still carry the same viral load of COVID as those unvaccinated. Is that true?
1: Well, it seems that uh, the the vaccine, firstly, is its main value is in stopping you getting. Seriously ill and dying, and mm. all of the vaccines are doing that very well. Where the vaccines are not working as well as we'd hoped is um, preventing infection, uh, and then um, if you're infected, stopping you transmitting the virus. And it does the vaccine still reduces your chance of being infected if you're exposed to the virus.
0: Right, and that's but critical. If you,
1: do, yeah. if you do become infected, then your viral load seems to be very similar, regardless of whether you're vaccinated. So it's not very good stopping transmission if you actually do get infected.
0: Right, but you're much less likely to get uh, infected if you've had the vaccination. You're much less likely to be hospitalised and you're much less likely to die as a consequence. That's right. Right. Professor, really good to uh, talk to you again as always. A couple of texts coming in and I know the answer to this, but I'll let you answer it. Have you been vaccinated yourself? What was that,
1: sorry? Have you been been vaccinated? Oh, yes, I got vaccinated yesterday.
0: Exactly. I saw you on the news beaming as you yes, left I... the, the <laughs> clinic. So I, I'm glad you answered that. Really good. Mate, have, have you got the concrete arm yet?
1: I, I, there's still a little bit of tenderness in my arm, <laughs> yeah. I, I, definitely. Okay. Otherwise, um, no, no um, effects at all. And it was absolutely painless getting the injection It's a very fine needle when um, if people out there are worried about, I mean, some people are worried about needles, and I understand that, but really this is um, the most painless injection I think I've ever had.
0: Yeah, well, I have needle phobia, and I did it well. I did it okay. <laughs> and look, I've just got two extra questions, and I haven't spoken to Simon about this, but for uh, you've come to our attention. You're well known now. But for those who don't know, and I don't, what do you normally do?
1: On my day job, Mm. Um, I'm one of the professors of public health at medical school in Wellington. It's a branch of um, Otago University, and we have the medical students for years four, five, and six, so we do um, some teaching of them, but we also have a big um, postgraduate program in our Department of Public Health, so we teach master's students, and then we have PhD students, and we also do a lot of research projects, Mm. and so I've got... Um, a research program that's looking at um, pneumatic fever, particularly, and um, some other serious infections. And also, we're looking at environmental health, you know, things like the quality of our, our surface water and, and other things like that. Oh, nice, Great stuff.
0: Thank you. Professor, always a pleasure. You have a wonderful weekend. Great to talk. Thank you.